This is the Life Truth Network. Quest for our truth. Episode 430. Quest for Truth, presented by Protectorate Productions and HPN, Helpsley Podcast Network. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here is your host, Keith Helpsley. Hey everybody, this is your host Keith, and I am doing a solo episode today. Going to round out the month of July, our Independence Day, 4th of July, all month long extravaganza. We're going to end it the way we opened it, with a visit to the days of old-time radio. We're going to return to that series, lest we forget. And it does seem to have three umbrella series under it. This, This is... The two episodes I'm playing this month is about educating our youth. And before we talked about uh, uh, the uh, right to free speech, this one's going to just talk about education in general, talking about comparing what a bad school system looks like <laughs> to a good one. Uh, it's hard to imagine that today since we're stuck with a bad one. Uh, but there is not really a lot of spiritual lessons to learn, but I guess you could uh, glean from some of that. Um, because the more important thing is not our government or our schools, but uh, Christianity. And so uh, there is that. Um, anyway, uh, with that said, let's go ahead and get started with this visit back to 1943, the way our government tried to educate people. So here we go. Oh, right out this word, quick word from the good folks at ChristianPodcastCommunity.com, where you'll hear lots of good voices, and some of them will sound like these right here. This is the Bible Sojourner, where we discuss issues related to the Bible, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Peter Gaiman, professor of Old Testament and Biblical Languages at Shepherd's Theological Seminary. Shalom and welcome. Thanks for joining. You can also find out more about me and the Bible Sojourner blog and podcast at petergaiman.com. And you can also find out more about Shepherd's Theological Seminary at shepherds.edu. Who knows? Maybe you could take a class with uh, Mike and I. So I look forward to uh, seeing your interactions with this book online. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. The good news is Striving for Eternity would love to come to your church to spend two days with your folks teaching them biblical hermeneutics. That's right, the art and science of interpreting scripture. The bad news is somebody attending might be really upset to discover Jeremiah 29:11 should not be their life verse. To learn more, go to strivingforeternity.org to host a Bible interpretation made easy seminar in your area. Commands of Christ, presented by Nathan Caldwell. Keeping the commandments of Jesus, it's simple yet profound, but Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's, it's simple, but think about it for a minute. People say, oh, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, but are you doing what Jesus wants you to do? Are you following the will of God as stated in the Bible. Because, uh, Keith, there are a lot of people now that claim to love Jesus, but there are certain verses in the Bible that make them uh, uncomfortable. Another thing is, and the way I said that before um, was more directed at others, but I think it should also be directed internally. Um, do I love Christ? Am I talking about myself and others need to ask themselves the question am i keeping his commandments how much do i really love christ and do we ever love him enough no but i'm telling you we need to self-check quite often that was commands of christ presented by nathan caldwell
Quest for Truth, now located at life-truth.com. Main topic. Hey, uh, once again, we're going to return to the days of old time radio. And I have this show called Lest We Forget. It was a uh, a public service that it? A, it was before they had national public radio and the government produced these shows and they were to educate our young people uh, and so they were meant for uh, kind of a docudrama documentary kind of a thing and there's a, under the umbrella of the lest we forget programs I don't have very many of them and I'm really kind of new uh, to this series there seems to be at least three uh, uh, sub-series, uh, and this episode will wrap out our month of July Independence Day this year, uh, and it, it's the only two shows I have, <laughs> uh, the opening one I did for the month and, and this closing one, and but this one has to do with uh, education educating the young fellers and uh, as it were in in school and the importance of what an education played in being good citizens of this country and why america's uh, ethic is far superior than those of other nations now keep in mind that this i don't have the date but it was sometime in 1943 and that means America was right in the middle of World War II. And at that time, America saw its mission as fighting against tyranny. You, you would never hear words like uh, authoritarianism or uh, meritocracy or some of these other modern-day buzzwords. And they, they did understand fascism. They understood tyranny. They understood uh, forces that were bent on opposing and tearing down democracy and so the, the the thrust of how the government wanted to educate the young students at the time high school students is to teach them uh, why tyranny is so bad and why democracy is so good now in this first clip because I have these broken up into clips I'll interject comments in between there is some statements in here I make you cringe a little bit. I'll talk to you more about it after we play the clip. So here we go. What of the youth of our nation, those young boys and girls who are not yet old enough to serve directly in our great struggle? What of the youth of whom the orators so often speak these days? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, when we resolve the question, we can see that the great reason for our struggle is not to free the world from tyranny just for ourselves. It is to ensure the freedom we now enjoy for those generations who are to come after us. The young boys and girls of today, their children and their children's children, those are the people we are fighting for. We are fighting to keep the precious heritage of freedom for those whose duty it will be to rebuild and fortify a war-torn world. And how are we keeping the light of liberty burning in our children's souls? The orators can tell us that, too. There is no more precious gift that we can give to the youth of America than a free, democratic education, the kind of education that every American is entitled to. Not just reading and writing and arithmetic. You can learn those things anywhere. But American schools teach the gospel of democracy, equal opportunity, tolerance, fair play. Our schools teach the ideals that form the beginnings of this country, the ideals that have made it great and shall continue with God's will to keep it great. That's true. You can learn a lot of things in the Little Red Schoolhouse. All right. And uh, again, that is a, a very uh, noble position for education, to educate students uh, in understanding their, their democracy, their government. Uh, but the thing that made me cringe used the phrase, the gospel of democracy. Uh, you can't make democracy your gospel. You really need to reserve that for the realm of uh, religion. Uh, but I get what they're saying is they're, they're esteeming uh, 
the tenets of our American democracy right up in there. And you can see that uh, early educators uh, held uh, teaching the kids, educating them both in our constitutional government along with the Bible was uh, of utmost importance that every student, every child in America should be taught those things. And uh, here's a little bit of a, a motivational bit, a, a quote from Thomas Jefferson. I don't have a lot to comment about it, but it, it says, says it all pretty well. So let's listen to uh, what Thomas Jefferson had to say on the importance of education for everyone. Ah. Come on. All right, do this again. Mm -hmm. Record. Hit a five. Let's see if it's going to record. Start and recording. All right, here we go. All right, um, and you know, again, uh, you can see how uh, educators uh, almost 100 years ago, some 80 years ago, uh, felt that teaching democracy, the tenets of our American government was very important, that every student needed to have that. Now, the cringy thing I heard in there was a phrase referring to the gospel of our democracy. I thought, oh, no, 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 no. Gospel uh, is, is reserved or should be reserved for the realm of theology, for religion, and we shouldn't uh, make democracy or our government into a religion. Uh, but I, I kind of get where they're going is uh, when it comes to world governments that uh, they kind of esteemed uh, democracy uh, as uh, a gospel good news uh, to the world uh, as opposed to other forms like monarchies or communism or fascism or others uh, so there's that so I'll forgive them for that maybe you will too you can tell me about it if you don't uh, but it, it did have some other good points in there we should you know have a, a sense of fair play and, and so forth uh, and, and that's what they taught uh, th those kind of ethics uh, back in 1943. But uh, next up is kind of a motivational uh, bit about how our early founding fathers, particularly Thomas Jefferson, uh, felt about the importance of education. I don't have a lot to comment about that, so I will just uh, play this clip. Some really great men have come from humble beginnings. It was what they learned at school that gave them their opportunity to become great. When young America had just come into its own more than 150 years ago, one of the first problems to confront our new government was public education. Listen to what Thomas Jefferson said. Above all things, I hope the education of the people will be attended to. Educate and inform everyone. Enable them to see that it is to their interest to preserve peace and order, and they'll preserve them. They are the only sure reliance for the preservation of our liberty. Preach a crusade against ignorance. Establish and improve the law for educating the common people. The tax which is paid for this purpose is not more than a thousandth part of what will be paid to kings and nobles who will rise up among us if we leave the people in ignorance. Yes, that's what Thomas Jefferson said. Hey, and uh, that was uh, definitely interesting, motivating. Thanks for those words from Thomas Jefferson. But uh, that's a politician. <laughs> uh, but what did the actual uh, people think about uh, educating the young people? Well, uh, get ready for a clip uh, about uh, frontiersmen talking about settling the West and bringing education out West. And you know, you have to remember that those uh, early settlements were a little more than rough and tumble cow towns. You might have had a few people, merchants in a bar, uh, but the hallmark of being a civilized uh, town was when a school and a church popped up because with the school and church popped up, that means you have kids that need to be educated. And if a church pops up, well, that means you've got families who uh, want 
to maintain their uh, religious convictions and ethics. And just how long does it take for this buck learning? It just takes too many years. <laughs> anyway, I won't say much more than that, but listen to uh, this bit of uh, Frontiersman uh, talking about the importance of educating children. And as time passed and the rugged pioneers started their secret westward drive against the frontiers, log cabin colonies sprang up in Kentucky and Illinois. And no sooner were the cabins built and the first crops harvested than meetings like this one always gathered. Well, we got the time now, men, and there's going to be no more excuses. We got to do something about educating our children. Oh, well, why should we, Tom? What good is book learning going to do anybody out here in the wilderness? Plenty of good. We have a great country here, a land that's been mighty good to us, giving us life, giving us a new way of life. Each one of us had time to sit down and tell his children what America really means, and maybe we wouldn't need a school out here. But we got work to do, and lots of work. Before we know it, our children will be growing up ignorant. Is that what you want, George? No, but you people are planning to keep these youngsters in school for years. Does it take that long to learn about America? A lifetime wouldn't be long enough, George. Okay, I don't have a lot of comments on that. I can let that stand. Uh, as it is, have a, again, have much to say about it. And of course, the show announcer has his remarks, uh, essentially saying, you know, the school system in its first 100 years or so, even 150 years or so, was pretty sound, pretty stable, pretty consistent, pretty much the same. It uh, educated a lot of uh, really smart people from Abraham Lincoln to, uh, you know, uh, Thomas Edison and folks all in between. Uh, some really good minds were produced from uh, our public school system. Of course, a lot of those also went on to universities. Uh, but he, he makes a remark uh, about being taken for, for granted, and he's going to transition into uh, some more uh, dramatic things here. But uh, anyway, here's our, our announcer to... Uh, give his take on uh, the situation of the early American educational system. And so in every town and hamlet, there has always been a school. And always great men came from those schools. Always a Longfellow, an Emerson, a Lincoln, a Theodore Roosevelt, a Thomas Edison. Schools have changed as our country has grown older, richer, and wiser. They teach lots of new subjects. They use newfangled methods, too. But the message that's taught is still the same. That will never change. And because it's always been that way in America, perhaps we've taken it a little too much for granted. We've never imagined that a school in America, a democratic, free, public school, where anyone is entitled to an education without charge, could degenerate into a temple of hate and prejudice, as have so many schools abroad. All right, and uh, I want to add some words to the uh, announcer's transition. Uh, of course, remember this is World War II, and just talking about fascism, is talking about uh, Germany and education systems. But before you listen to this, I want you to think about DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, is a the, the topic of uh, in our school systems today. Um, I want you to think about oh affinity groups. I want you to think about accepted classes, rejected classes. Of course, today we'd call that uh, canceled. Uh, but think about those things as you listen to this scene in a European schoolhouse. In one of the small European countries recently overrun by the German horde, here's what happened a short time after the German occupation. Boys and girls, I have just received notice that there are going to be some changes in our class, according to the will of the German government. Is that right, Herr Schulz? That is right, Fräulein. We cannot permit undesirable children to receive the education that belongs only to the pure Aryan, those whose ideals are in complete collaboration with the ideals of National Socialism. Here's a list I have drawn up after careful study, Fräulein. 
You may proceed as I have instructed you. Yes, Herr Schulz. I'm going to read the names of those of you who will not be permitted to come to school anymore. You whose names are on this list must realize you should not give up all thought of learning. If you cannot come to school, you must study by yourself. Fräulein. Yes, Herr Schulz. You will make no more such statements. When these children leave the school, they are to leave all thoughts of learning behind. Education is no longer a right here in this country. It is a privilege reserved for those whom the state finds worthy. We'll read the list, please. Pierre Michaud. You are rejected by the state. Your grandfather was a liberal member of the parliament of this country. Jeanette Blanchard. You are rejected by the state. Your uncle is, or your uncle was, the minister of a church near here. Joseph Levy. You are rejected. You are a Jew. Michel Duquet. You are rejected. All those whose names are on the list are gone, Herr Schulz. But there is one name you have forgotten to include. I never forget, Fräulein. Of the 22 members of your class, 21 have been rejected. This young boy here, what is your name? Jean Leroux. Jean Leroux is not rejected. He shall be the class from now on. Look at him. A true Aryan. Blonde, sturdy boy. <laughs> there should be more like him here in the school. A boy like that will learn fast. What was his rank in the class? He was the poorest student in the class. Oh, of course. That only proves what a bad school system you have here. Now, what was it this uh, forgetting to place a name on the list? It is true, Herr Schulz. You have forgotten one name. Here, I shall add it on myself. At the bottom of the list where it deserves to be. Justine Beauchamp. There was no one in the class by that name. I have seen the files. Who is this Christine Beauchamp? She's someone who didn't realize what would happen if school teachers could prove unfaithful to their ideals. That's what happened in Germany. Fräulein, I insist that she you She thought tell... she could be free in a little world all her own. She tried to close her eyes to what was happening. But her eyes are open now. And she'll have no part of the education you Nazis deal out. She'll never see the inside of this classroom again until, until men like you have been convinced by strength of arms and ideals. That yours is not the right way of life. Then, then you are... Yes, I am Christine Beauchamp. Good day, Herr Schulz. Okay, I have to interrupt right there. Uh, kudos to that teacher for resigning your position on the spot, uh, for not liking that. Uh, where would our schools be today if all the good teachers just stood up and resigned? Uh, of course, it's easier said than done. There's a matter of, you know, vocation, occupation, putting uh, money in the bank account, putting food on the table. Uh, but wh what if, uh, what if those teachers went off and uh, made their own co-ops or made their own uh, private schools that were not government schools? Um, I'm sure there's a lot of complications there. But what would that look like? Oh, maybe homeschooling? Hmm, there we go. Um, but I also got a kick out of the only kid left in the class that fit the government mold was the dumbest kid in the class. <laughs> and isn't that what's happening today where we have this, uh, oh, we got to put you in this affinity group because... Um, your grades are lower than the rest of the class, um, uh, and we, you, you can't get into this, the good classes or the good schools unless we do affirmative action to, to shove you into where you're out of your league <laughs> uh, with not having the knowledge. Hmm. Uh, so how much of our school system today has devolved from even the system in the 1940s in my interview recently with Gene uh, uh, Clyatt uh, the, the squirrel <laughs> uh, he even you know mentioned that you know, I can't remember his first name Dewey uh, got into the school system but he wasn't the first one but in the 20s he began to try to transform the school system and what we have today but this is 1943 we're still talking about red school houses we're still talking about small town neighborhood classrooms where some of those um, progressive uh, pollutions hadn't quite reached uh, and this was more the norm 
than not, because more people tended to live in rural places and small towns and not crowded into the big cities. You know, yes, cities had high populations, but the majority of folks did not live in cities at this time. Uh, but, you know, it's just eerily similar, this uh, uh, nondescript Euro European school is so much like our modern system. And what happens when good teachers walk out? Well, let's play the rest of this scene and we'll find out. Now, I'm going to teach this class myself. Now, Jean. Yes, sir. Now we shall commence the lesson for today. But what are we going to study? The soldiers have taken away all our books. You shall have new ones soon. German books. But I cannot read German. You will learn and at once. You must learn German. It's the language of the conquering race. Your race, Jean. But I am the only one. Everyone else is gone. Even the teacher... I am the teacher. Everyone else is gone to save you from contamination. You are the only one pure enough to learn to adore the fewer, to be trained for the destiny of our great nation. And what of the schools and colleges in America today? How are we taking the precautions that Christine Beauchamp did not realize until it was too late? Okay, well, that's what you get when the good teachers walk away. You get poor teachers, uh, unqualified teachers, teaching dumb students to be good little activists for the cause. Wow, that that does sound so familiar with today's school system. We have a lot of unqualified teachers teaching dumb students how to throw out the education, <laughs> throw out the school books, because in this case, the soldiers came and took them away. But in our case, well, the modern-day uh, activist soldiers of uh, throwing out quality education to replace it with uh, their modern-day garbage. But uh, hey, uh, as the announcer suggested, well, what about American schools? Well, I have another uh, drama here. Let's listen in and see what's happening in this American school. How are we guarding democracy and freedom of thought at home? Well, here's a story that actually happened in one of our schools not so very long ago. Hey, what's the matter, Jim? Why are you sore at Jake? No, I'm not sore at him. I just, well, I just don't like him, that's all. You don't like him? Why, you and Jake have been pals for years, ever since we started going to school. How come you don't like him anymore? Well, it's just that I'm not going around being friends with that guy. Why not? Not because he's Jewish, of course. That's it. And if you fellas want to hang around with Jake, you can count me out of this gang. Well, that's the way you want it, Jim. Jacob's a friend of mine, and I'm not going to let him down. I don't care if he's Jewish, or Protestant, or Catholic. Jacob's my friend, and he's going to stay my friend. Well, boys, I have a real surprise for you today. I'd like to introduce a new member of our class. This is Fritz Schmidt. Fritz was here with his family when the war broke out, and he's going to stay here in school with us for the duration. Now, Fritz, if you'll just take that vacant seat in the second row, please. Oh, sir, that boy, the one I would be sitting next to. Well? But he's a Jew. I, I can't sit next to him. And I am a Catholic. You're going to be taught by me. You cannot do this to me. I will not stay in the school with Catholics and Jews. You must teach dangerous propaganda here. Lies. I will not stay here. Very well, Fritz. You may take that vacant seat in the back of the room for the rest of the day. Now, after school is out this afternoon, we'll have a little talk. And I'm sure that we'll be able to straighten things out for you. All right, a little bit of schoolroom drama there, 1943 style. And I'm sure stuff like that still happens today. It's typical school, school boy uh, head knocking going on there. Uh, I, I don't... No, the, the one boy is named. We have Jim, who's the bully, who doesn't seem to want to sit by Jake, who is the, the Jewish boy. And then we have the new kid in class. The teacher introduces Fritz, and he also seems to have a problem sitting next to Jake. Uh, 
And how does that compare with a typical school? Sometimes you get just, there's just some friction. People just don't like each other. You, you've got the bully. Uh, you know, with folks today looking for race under every rock, you might could apply some racial things happening there. Of course, uh, people forget that there are races between white people. In this case, uh, Fritz, the uh, the German, and uh, of course, all the American kids have different heritages. I am sure, this race is never as simple as you're the black kid, I'm the white kid. Uh, although this is part of it, but uh, it's only a part. It's not its entirety. Uh, and does it exist? Well, yeah, sure, it does. Has it existed? Yes. Has will it exist? You bet. Uh, it's just part of society and culture. We can soften the blow of it. So we can be different races, diversified, and we can still get along. But I'm getting off of the topic here. Uh, this is a typical schoolboy drama. And the teacher does kind of allude to, we'll talk about this after class. Well, before he gets back to after class, um, there's still some playground drama going to happen here. So uh, stand by and see how Jim the bully and Fritz the German and Jake the Jew all um, work it out on the playground, we'll just say, without giving any spoilers. Here we go. So you're the little Nazi, huh? Yes, I am German. Well, we don't like your kind around here. Who do you Germans think you are, anyway? We don't want you in this school. What do you come around for? They told me I must go to school here. I don't like it any more than you. Well, oh, fine school. They don't teach you how to march and drill and shoot. Oh, so the school isn't good enough for you, huh? You don't like it here, huh? No. And I don't like your attitude. I'm not accustomed to being treated like this. Oh, tough, huh? Well, I guess we can handle you all right. Oh! <laughs> Maybe this will teach you to stay away from places you're not wanted. Hey, what's going on? Let him alone, Jim. He wasn't bothering you. I saw you picking on him. Listen, stay out of this, Jake. What do you want to help him for? He wouldn't even sit next to you. I can't help it. That's the way he's been brought up. Let him alone, I tell you. Listen, Jake, I'm bigger than you are, and I can beat up the two of you. Now, get out of here, quick. Not until you let him alone. All right, Fritz, you better go back into the classroom. Jim and I got something to talk over. Come on, Fritz, run! What a fool you are helping him out. Now I'm going to give you the beating he was going to get. Boys, 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 what's going on here? Oh, oh nothing, Mr. Scott. Uh, Jim and I were just practicing some wrestling. Uh, pretty strenuous practice. Well, you'd better hurry back to class. Bell should ring any minute now. All right, boys. Come to order now. Where's Fritz? Over here, sir. Where you told me to sit before. Next to Jake. A little bit of schoolroom drama there, 1943 style, and I'm sure stuff like that still happens today. It's typical school school boy uh, head knocking going on there. Uh, I, I don't know that the one boy is named. We have Jim, who's the bully, who doesn't seem to want to sit by Jake, who is the, the Jewish boy. And then we have the new kid in class. The teacher introduces Fritz, and he also seems to have a problem sitting next to Jake. Uh, and how does that compare with a typical school? Well, sometimes you get just, there's just some friction. People just don't like each other. You, you've got the bully. Uh, you know, with folks today looking for race under every rock, you might could apply some racial things happening there. Of course, uh, people forget that there are races between white people. In this case, uh, Fritz, the uh, the German, and uh, of course all the American kids have different heritages, I am sure. This race is never as simple as you're the black kid, I'm the white kid, uh, although this is part of it, but uh, it's only a part, it's not its entirety. Uh, and does it exist? Well, yeah, sure, it does. Has it existed? Yes. Has Will it exist? You bet. Uh, it's just part of society and culture. We can soften the blow of it, we can be different races, diversified, and we can still get along. But I'm getting off of the topic here. Uh, this is a typical schoolboy drama. And the teacher does kind of allude to, we'll talk about this after class. Well, before he gets back to after class, um, there's still some 
playground drama ain't going to happen here. So uh, stand by and see how Jim the bully and Fritz the German and Jake the Jew all um, work it out on the playground, we'll just say, without giving any spoilers. Here we go. Five. Checking my cursor. See if it is. Why is it not going to read to me? Root piece. John at the PC. Going to the bottom. Recording. Okay. Woo. What a rigmarole. Okay. Here we go. Hey. Some interesting uh, classic playground drama there. You know, uh, my takeaway on that, of course, it's going to work out well. But, you know, sometimes it's true that kids just naturally get along on the playground. Uh, the matter of uh, race or background isn't the problem. Uh, whenever I was younger, we didn't have a lot of black people around my neighborhood. In fact, we had none until I was a little older. We'd have some Mexicans. We had oh, some or Asians, I believe. But hey, on the playground, everybody got along just fine. Uh, there was no animosity between people uh, as related to race or ethnicity. And now, of course, these this level and this drama is high school related and, and I can see that I, sometimes you do have a bully who just wants to flex his muscle I mean, he was mean to Jake the Jewish kid now he's being mean to uh, Fritz and it's interesting that the target of both of them uh, Jake the Jewish kid comes along and sticks up for him and he and Fritz goes away and then the uh, unnamed kid I, I don't think he's named uh, has it out with <laughs> <laughs> to pulley uh, a little bit again some schoolyard justice happening uh, and they of course get caught by the teacher oh no we're just wrestling <laughs> anyway ain't that the way it goes uh, it's, it still happens trust me uh, and uh, but anyway I just thought it was interesting it, it, it's in its own way it's quaint little 1943 way it demonstrates that sometimes kids don't need the schoolhouse. They don't need the educational stuff crammed in their head. They just have an inherent way of knowing and working things out. Now, sometimes they do need adult guidance, uh, but this is a, a really short snapshot drama. Uh, so it is what it is. Uh, now, of course, the teacher comes along and uh, they, they work things out, uh, but there's still um, some lessons to be learned. Now, uh, upcoming on this next clip, I'll let it speak for itself uh, because it does uh, expand. It gives the characters a chance to expand on what they learned from this lesson today. And it has a quote from James Garfield, if I'm not mistaken, remember, right? Uh, he was one of the presidents uh, who was assassinated in office, but he grew up dirt poor. I think his mom was a school teacher. He grew up to be a school teacher. In his younger days, he was a canal boy. What that means is he was part of the crew that would pull can uh, barges through the Erie Canal. So he was a hardworking uh struggling young lad <laughs> but he overcame that he managed to uh, as I recall uh, uh, break uh, out of the financial mold and get enough money to go to college and then of course put him on a trajectory to later become president anyway a little side note a little bunny trail for you Bing, uh, as promised here is our final clip and you will see what these uh, boys have learned about their opinionated racist ideas and the uh, the real power and beauty and quality of the American style of democracy So the youth of America is learning. The boys and girls in schools throughout America are learning not only the fundamentals of a formal education, 
They are learning, usually without even realizing it, how to live together like true Americans and how to practice the ideals of democracy in their daily life. That's what is important. A president of the United States, James Garfield, told us why when he said, Next in importance to freedom and justice is popular education, without which neither freedom nor justice can be permanently maintained. And when a teacher asked Jim to define democracy a short time ago, Jim the bully had this to say. Democracy? Well, it, it's a government of all the people, by all the people, and for all the people. For Jim had learned. And Fritz had a definition, too. I'm not sure I understand it yet, but I think it means that everyone has the same rights, the same duties, the same privileges. Yes, Fritz was learning, too. And when it came time for Jake to stand up, he thought carefully for a moment before he said, form of government that wants us young people to learn, not just for our own benefit, but so that when we grow older, we'll be worthy of having a hand in our own government. You see, the youth of America is learning, and learning well. And the American youth are learning, it looks like. <laughs> uh, good. I, I, I trust that they still are today, uh, as long as they have qualified teachers, uh, sound curriculum, understand the real tenets of our government uh, constitutional democracy, which are apparently not being taught, and, and, and understand the ethics and teachings of the Bible, if not having a real lasting faith, they, there's a lot to learn there, even if you just can't bring yourself to uh, accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior and becoming a, uh, a believer. Uh, but I, did you catch, it, was, it didn't get mentioned a lot, but I did mention earlier, I wanted you to think about diversity, equity, inclusion, and what did the final thing they learned is that the government of oh, the people, by the people, and for the people, and I like how the bully included the word all with each of those phrases, because it is for all the people, and I noticed that Fritz, the German kid, talked about rights and duties and privileges. Too often today, we want a handout, we want a privilege, we want an entitlement, we want we are owed something, but we forget our rights are not necessarily a privilege. Our rights also mean we have duties. Now, if we uh, fill our obligations and we do our duty, then that gives us the right <laughs> to cl claim our name as Americans, and we and we receive those privileges. You can't expect the privileges and the rights if you're not willing to get on board with the duties. Uh, when also when it comes to diversity, well, great. Uh, we are a diverse country. We have diverse nationalities. We have diversity in social classes. That's wonderful, but it's not our strength. Our strength is what are we unified under? Are you unified under yourself? Wow, good luck with that, because there's 300 and some odd million other Americans who have their own self to look after. That's not unity. That's chaos. Uh, if you can't unify under something, you have chaos. Now, what do Americans unify under? Uh, I'm not. You know, we unify under our Constitution. Our Constitution declares what our American government is. And how do you know what that says if you don't study it, if you don't read it? You might just say, "Oh, it's a hate document. It, it's it's hateful. It's hate speech." Well, how do you know? Have you read it? Uh, are there, is there a hate speech? Yeah, I'm sure. Just like there's racism, sure. But that's not what our Constitution is based on. It's based on a government of all people, for all people, by all people. Let me have that out of order. Do you get the point? And it's not a government for any one people group. And is it the 
best to cover all people groups? Well, no, you're never going to find that outside of Jesus Christ. And in that case, you need to be more worried, not so much about our American democracy. You need to be more worried about what Scripture says, what the Bible teaches, who Jesus Christ is, or what he came to do. Uh, that's where you need to find really, real, ugh, can't talk real unity. <laughs> if you could find real unity under Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what country you're in. You could be in any country, a communist country, a fascist country, an authoritarian country, a monarchy. You can be in any country. If you can unify under Christ, it doesn't matter. You're, you still have some strength there and uh, some affiliation with other believers of like-minded kindred spirits. There's words I'm looking for. Uh, but as a nation, uh, you, if you think American is a colonial, hateful nation, then you've never read American history. If you think America is racist, then you never really read American history. Yeah, there is racism. There always has been. But it's not the de facto uh, uh, ethic that's in the Constitution. And there is room for people who have animosity towards each other to come together under the banner of America. Uh, you know, if you're in a military unit, hey, you have a diverse group of people. Maybe you don't like everybody. I've seen plenty of fights break out in the barracks. But when, when it's time to... Uh, serve the mission of the unit and the flag goes up when they say get your gear let's go then you forget those differences and you get up and you go you're unified under a mission and if you have never studied American Constitution you don't understand what that mission is you don't understand uh, that there's times to express your diversity and there's times to to put it aside for a bigger cause. And I think that's a, a long verbose way of saying very succinctly what these boys learned and then expressed in that closing scene. And that's all we got. You may have noticed throughout the episode there was a skip, skip skip right all through and it got kind of bad towards the end and trust me as the audio continued after that last moment when I cut off it got it was just the closing credits anyway but it just got a really bad record skipping and repeating <laughs> as records do if you've never played a record youngsters out there <laughs> anyway that's all I got so hey we'll get busy uh, next time we should return with uh, Truth Exposed. We have uh, a few things lined up in August, but we'll have to see uh, what comes on the pike on the podcast. So stay tuned. If the practice principle is vital for teaching such morally neutral tasks as tying shoes, how much more important is it for training children in Christ-like character? This is Yvette Hampton, host of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Join us each week for a new episode as we offer encouragement and resources on biblical discipleship from popular speakers and authors, as well as parents just like you and me. Find out more at schoolhouserocked.com or listen anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Religionless Christianity with Spencer and Nicole Tosi. Five-minute daily devotionals with Religionless Christianity. Today we're going to be reading and discussing Luke chapter Our proverb of the day comes from chapter 26, verse 24. Whoever hates disguises himself with his lips and harbors deceit in his heart. And I'm praying for you from Psalm 145. May the Lord show you he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, that the Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. May you know the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth, that the Lord preserves all who love him. God bless. Find out more at religionlesschristianitypodcast.com. My name is Andy Olson, and I want to tell you about Echozoi Radio. Echozoi Radio is a podcast outreach of Echozoi Ministries. Every month I find a knowledgeable guest to talk about an important and interesting topic that affects the church today. 
We carefully balance the discussions of positive, God-glorifying doctrines of Orthodox Christianity from a mostly Reformed point of view with exposés of heresy, false teaching, and poor practice that goes on throughout the church today. You can find us at echozoe.com. That's E-C-H-O-Z-O-E dot com. All right, and that was episode today. Uh, actually, a little bit longer than I anticipated. The the actual runtime of the OTR show was meant to fill a 15-minute time slot, but of course I had to add my commentary to it. Uh, but it, uh, it's definitely interesting to take a, a look back at worldviews of the days of our uh, ancestors and forefathers. And you know, this is a time during World War II. And you can kind of see, I recently heard a World War II vet complaining that this isn't the world that he fought for. <laughs> he, he fought during a time laying his life on the line, trying to preserve uh, our country for not only himself, but future generations. And here he is alive to see uh, uh, American government that is nothing like what he thought he was going to be defending, protecting, and preserving. Uh, but anyway, um, don't have a lot to add, so that means it's just time to hey, say this is Rose Keith signing off. Thanks for listening, and we will see you all next week. Visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at HPNCast, capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May God richly bless you. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a savior. Thanks for listening.